says 2220. I'm going to obviously take that as a sign. I wanted to record this while I'm still in this energy. I just got back from a candlelit service in which a reverend friend of mine held space for all of us who feel loss, grief, and loneliness during these joyous holidays and season. It was full of deep messages, feelings, music, crying, poetry, and the journey that I went on during this service exemplified to me so much why we need to feel and experience the darkness around these times and to not try to push away or ignore those feelings or feel alone in them but come together so I hope that's what this special episode can offer, a space for you to give yourself permission to be sad, to grieve, to feel lost, loss, and alone, knowing that there are people going to begin this journey both in conversation and in our psyches together with a visualizing meditation. I invite you to close down your eyes if that feels safe wherever you find yourself. Take a deep breath in through your nose and big open mouth exhale. Continuing to breathe deep into your belly and your ribs, your chest, 
Letting go of your breath, first your chest, then ribs, and lastly from your belly. As you begin to arrive into your body here in this moment, in the darkness of your closed eyes, feeling the refuge of your inner sanctuary. In a forest covered in a fresh, undisturbed blanket of snow, you are surrounded by beautiful snow-covered pine trees and trees that have shed their leaves for the winter for they too have turned inward like you. You begin to walk in the woods, along a path, hearing a few birds chirp here and there, but the forest, for the most part, is at peace at this time of dusk. All you can hear is the crunching of the snow below your feet as you approach an opening of a cave. Holding a candle in front of you, looking at the wick, the light sparks, the candle is lit as if the light was always there. And together we walk into the darkness of this cave, unafraid. The cold makes us feel alive. As you continue walking into this space, discovering it, its walls, its crevices. In this cave where you can see new things that were previously unseen. Where you feel free to move about in the darkness in a way that you don't feel during the daylight. Finding a place in the cave, perch your candle amongst some rocks 
and settle down with me. Together, all of our candles light a beautiful ring around the circle in which we sit here in the darkness of this cave, the darkest night of the winter this year. Together, we are going on this journey in this underworld to discover hidden truths, hidden shadows, take a deep breath in and on your exhale, letting go of any expectations or any grip that you might try to have on yourself. And what is in yourself and in your life? Let it all go opening your eyes up to the candlelit faces here together. So when I first had this experience, I sat in this sanctuary and thought, I'm here to hold space and give love and be light to those who have experienced loss and grief and darkness in this time of light that we have around these holidays. And I slowly began to realize that what was unfolding in this process was a journey much like the one we just took in our meditation into my own underworld together with everyone else in this underworld. And I slowly began to experience the loss and grief and sadness and aloneness and heaviness that unconsciously always sits with me this time of year. And the contrary thing is that for me, growing up celebrating Christmas, Christmas has been my ultimate favorite holiday. When I was little, I would play Christmas music all throughout the year because it made me feel so happy. But as I grew older, especially, I would say like middle school, high school, I definitely began to feel those feelings of sadness and darkness and aloneness looking around at other people's families' experiences during the holidays. And, you know, as my therapist has said to me, <laughs> comparing our insides to someone else's outsides is 
a null comparison, right? We're not comparing the same thing. I think what I was really looking at and missing was what I got from this experience I had last week that we're now sharing together is what happens when we sit with the darkness that is not only around us in winter as today, the winter solstice when this episode is originally released, is the darkest time of the year. This celebration, um, the solstice has its roots in pagan traditions which celebrate that time this dark night to sit with our truth out of the light alone, feel it with our heart. The pagan festival Saturnalia is linked to this solstice, to the birth of the sun. So from this darkest point, how light begins to come back into our lives and is a time of spreading joy and peace, which is much of what this time is culturally. However, what I felt like in retrospect I was missing is I would say probably my emotional life got more complex, as did my experiences getting older, was there was no time to sit with our truth in the darkness and to feel it. And there was no space for that. It was always about the lights and the lighting of candles and the lights on trees and outside and lighting up the darkness. But there was no acknowledging the darkness. There was no space to sit in and be with and appreciate the beauty of feeling these feelings. And I remember being in high school and listening to some of these songs and just like fighting back tears because of how deeply they touched my sadness. And last week I had the opportunity to sit with people who cried with me as we listened to, for example, Silent Night. So this is a time for us to look at what shadows are reigning in our inner world right now. Before we dwell in the light and peace, before we come back to the light and peace, we have to face those shadows. We have to feel them and see them and clear them to make space to be fully alive to the love that we truly are an embodiment of. And what I realized sitting in this sanctuary was that who was really sitting there was that little Lydia throughout all those years that she didn't have space to be those emotions, to feel those emotions throughout the season and also just different periods of, of my life and my, my time. And as I sat with that loss within me, that mourning, that grief, 
I realized a quote from Women Who Run With The Wolves, which I frequently reference here, is a quote in which Clarissa Pinkola Estes is talking about our handmade life, which is basically your authentic life, your true path, your own unique path and way and purpose in this world. She has a quote that says, it's about returning to that. And she says, as we keep doing, so to speak, the healing, eventually we will come back to that life that has been waiting for us. And we will feel so lucky that we've had a second chance. And that I should be so lucky to have a second chance flashed in my mind at one point during this service. And I realized that was part of my my grief and my coming out of this grief was acknowledging that for so long I felt like I wouldn't have that. I, I had no idea how to have that, that life, that space, that handmade life and Here I am sitting today and in that moment, in that sanctuary and realizing again after reading that quote and just bawling my eyes out as a visceral response to its truth embodied in me was, I am so lucky to have this second chance. And it was now a grieving process of feeling like I would have never had that. I had no idea how to get there. So the point is here today, in this moment, in our conversational journey, this is your time to grieve and cry. This is the darkness. We are in each of our own underworlds and it is necessary. Be here in this darkness, in this winter. I had been doing a lot of work and am doing a lot of work right now with the dark goddess archetype. And as I sat in that sanctuary and I realized I had a mental, physical sort of visualization experience when I realized, oh, I'm slowly entering the underworld and here we are. This is the underworld right now in this experience and journey. I realized, oh, this is what the dark goddess wanted for me and this is what she was bringing me to do and prior to my friend who was the reverend putting together this service and offering this service holding this space right before she invited me I had read something about the busyness of this time of our season and just saying yes saying yes to joy and someone, sort of the example of someone inviting us out of our work and busyness, even if, you know, we have to wonder, well, when am I going to get this done? Just putting that on pause for the rest of the day from that example and, and going forth and enjoying it and letting go of those burdens for a little while. And so when she invited me, I said, oh, okay, this, this is the universe telling me to put that into practice. I canceled my plans that I tentatively had for that night and I went with that and I started to see the pieces of that breadcrumb trail that were coming together 
So I wonder what your breadcrumb trail that's brought you to this is. Can you look back on these past few days, weeks, and see any coherence, any themes, any pieces of the puzzle that might come together perhaps after our conversational journey is over that come together with a little more clarity. After you sit here with the sadness that's in your heart, the grief, the loss, the aloneness, the fear, the doubt, the uncertainty, the heaviness, Feeling it, holding it, expressing it. If we want an authentic life, this is part of it. This is getting real. It's muddy, it's messy. We feel like an outsider. We feel alone. We feel loss. We feel grief. We feel fear. So feel it. There's nothing to protect yourself from anything here. In this space, in our cave, amongst the few bright lights, a light for each of us, right? A light for, as the service offered, the hope within us that cannot possibly be extinguished no matter what we experience, that lights up clarity. This full picture creates the understanding that we crave. In that service, I faced a sadness that was my feeling very alone in the world and in my family, as we've talked about here, my black sheepness. And in feeling that and sitting with that and in the aftermath of that, I have begun to integrate the logical understanding that I always had that that's a blessing. It's a blessing. We are each blessed to be, for example, the black sheep or even so far as making meaning and purpose out of difficult experiences that we've gone through, traumatic experiences, right? The blessing of being able to use that for good in our families, communities, world. Being able to sit with then in the aftermath of all of it. Loving the other side of the coin of the aloneness, which is my difference. And because I've really sat with that aloneness from, like I said, little Lydia sitting there in that sanctuary truly and holding her and sitting with her after that, then there's clarity about, oh, this is just the purpose that I serve, and there's leaning into that. The resistance can go away that was once there because of the emotional weight that it caused, you see? 
then the reaction, the spiraling habitual reaction from those feelings that might arise take a different path of our response. As we learn to meet our needs. As we learn to hear ourselves, understand ourselves, see ourselves, appreciate ourselves for who we are and the ways in which we haven't historically experienced, giving that to ourselves. And seeing those past experiences with clarity so they no longer rule unconsciously our actions moving forward. So grieve for your inner child or the pieces of you that you have felt lost along the way, but are there. They're there here tonight in this moment, in this darkness, in these shadows. They can always be recovered. Because like I alluded to before, you have an unwavering light within you that cannot go out. We could even use that light synonymously with life, as in life indicates light. Life in its elemental forms is what lights up the darkness of the universe. That same light, life, is in you. Mirroring, right, that darkness that surrounds the universe, that is the innate universe, we could say. We acknowledge here together the real darkness that is present around your inner light. So you can use your light to see your pain. That light from the beginning of creation, capital C creation, like we talk here, the Big Bang, is in you. This is your warmth, your nourishment, your strength. It's the how in you that knows, that unfolds perfectly when we allow it to flow, when we remove the blockages first here together with that light. Simultaneously, we see those blockages with clarity. We accept and appreciate what is. even treating as if I ask for what is given to me as a gift for me, even when it's not what I quote unquote want, but treating it like my highest good. Those lessons that are in those difficult experiences are blessings. What if we treated them like they were part of our path, our purpose? 
to make meaning out of them, to see the gift within them. For example, I was talking about this with my therapist just last night. The blessing that in high school people slut-shamed me is the fact that today, first of all, back then, I had a clear sense of, I don't even know what to call it, just like a clear sense of sexuality and sexual expression than the sort of constrictive, almost like puritanical perspective that a lot of people have in high school out of fear of being judged, right, by their peers. Because of my experience, I I didn't have that. I had an understanding. And I was given the example of I was out with a friend and she was kind of expressing, I would say, some sort of slut-shaming opinions or descriptions of, of experiences and friends from high school. And then through that whole experience, I was able to just ask, and what was going on for her in her life at that moment? And my friend, without me even saying anything else, was able to start to see, oh, there was way more context behind that judgment that I made of that person. And furthermore, probably fear within me, right, of of having that label put on me. So that's the example, right, of what a gift can look like from our pain, from our trauma, right, from being bullied, understanding others, empathizing with others. It is a gift. It is a high purpose, a highest good, even if it's disguised maliciously. You choose Someone today in my Yoni circle shared, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't quite remember how the saying went, but her mom used to tell her, you can't really control if bugs fly around in your head or bugs can fly around above your head, but you can control if they nest on your head, which is to say, people will talk in that example, right? You decide if those, they're, what they say, nest in your head. And how do we prevent that nesting? By deciding and seeing the higher purpose, the gift that is given to us, whether good or bad experience occurs. And when it's bad experience, accepting the pain and grief, Accepting the pain and grief of the fact that I was in an environment that wasn't supportive, that was judgmental, that felt unsafe, unstable. And looking at the ways that it shaped me, grieving for that 15-year-old who's going through so much, right, that these people don't understand, are making judgments of, have no clue about. And their words are hurting me. I'm not acting like that. I'm acting like (laughs) a rebellious little one and saying, you know, fuck you. I don't care about what you say. But obviously, I'm human. 
And there's pain to that. That's the other side of, of that rebellion. So in the darkness, we sit with that pain so that we can really feel it. When we are still, an example of that rebellion, when we're still acting against something, we're still being controlled by it versus simply acting out of authenticity, right? So when we have to see both acting within a sort of, we could call this a system of how our experiences shape us, the rebellion against that system, so that we can sit with all of those pieces and contributions and move towards our whole authentic self that comes from within us, right? Not shaped by the outside. And that is what we're doing here, sitting with your grief and your pain. Connected to the love that's in your heart, that innate life, light from creation, that's so much bigger than anything so small as what someone might say about you, to you, due to you. You are as big as that light and love that resides in your heart. That is not an ungrounded woo-woo light and love. That is the source light, source fire, source energy of the Big Bang that continues within you that you are an embodiment of, a literal unstoppable force of nature. Knowing that, surrendering to the darkness because you know that it's part of the great scheme it is the other side of the light, part of the whole, how of the universe. You are not alone. You are with source, spirit, love innately, always within you, always working for you, just as nature unfolds in perfect harmony and balance. In this darkest hour before dawn, nature shows us the how. So offer your pain to that love, that source, that light within you. So it can make space for peace to replace it. Lay your pain at the feet of your highest self. That is the light, the love the source within you, your soul that knows 
exactly what to do, that is always communicating to you through synchronicities, through gut, visceral, bodily, felt emotions and reactions. Lay your pain at the feet of your higher self because your higher self can handle it. Not only can it handle it, it doesn't want you to carry the burden anymore. It can carry the burden. Give it your burden. Feel the pain lifted from your shoulders, the weight lifted. So that you create space. So that your eyes clear up to see lightness in all of the unexpected places like our example earlier, even in those difficult moments. Put your doubt of source working for you. Put your fear that you're alone in this great big universe at the feet of your higher self. Continue to let it go so that you can remember the trust, the knowing, the light that you are and have that you've lost and need. So that in that space from within, it will well up from your eternal source within. That eternal connection to eternity source spirit itself. Because from there, as we can begin to act on those pings and the callings of our soul, of our innate curiosities, always leading us to our purpose here. Our strength is renewed. The distractions are gone. This program for the service that a lot of what I'm sharing is based on included two poems that I'll read. One is Stopping by the Woods on a Snowy Evening by Robert Frost. Whose woods are these I think I know. His house is in the village though. He will not see me stopping here to watch his woods fill up with snow. My little horse must think it queer to stop without a farmhouse near. Between the woods and frozen lake, the darkest evening of the year. He gives his harness bells a shake to ask if there is some mistake. The only other sounds, the sweep of easy wind and downy flake. 
The woods are lovely, dark and deep, but I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep and miles to go before I sleep. This darkness that we're in right now is lovely. It's beautiful, it's deep. This is where part of our very own depth resides. So spend time here, be here. And remember that we'll surface. We have to. We have promises to keep and miles to go. Before that final rest, we have purpose to execute in this life. So as we sit here in our cave with the snowy woods outside, appreciating it all, keep that in the back of your mind. And our other poem, an excerpt from Winter Hours by Mary Oliver. In the winter I am writing about, there was much darkness, darkness of nature, darkness of event, darkness of the spirit, the sprawling darkness of not knowing. We speak of the light of reason I would speak here of the darkness of the world in the light of, but I don't know what to call it, maybe hope, maybe faith, but not a shaped faith, only say a gesture or a continuum of gestures, but probably it is closer to hope that's more active and far messier than faith must be. Faith, as I imagine it, is tensile and cold and has no need for words. Hope, I know, is a fighter and a screamer. Those of us, all of us, who have been in darkness know the light. We know the darkness of not knowing. That might even be where some of our grief, our loss resides. But like I said, with creation, that capital L light of origin within all of us knows like an acorn knows how to grow into its highest, tallest tree form, that knowing is in us. But like Mary Oliver describes, that's sort of a continuum of gestures, of acting, I would say, on that knowing versus hope. I love this, is a fighter and a screamer. You know that because you are a fighter. There's a part of you that is a screamer, that fights and screams in the face of hopelessness, of all-consuming darkness, right? Which is what I like the contrast of from Frost. It's knowing to stay in the darkness and when it's time to leave the darkness, the underworld, so that it doesn't become all-consuming. 
It's like a vacation. <laughs> We've talked about this on the podcast in conversation before on uh, experiencing ourselves as oneness. And one of the readings in the service reminded me of this. The beginning before the Big Bang and quantum theory, based on what I was speaking about and what I've spoken about in, in research and projects for conferences, is that the sort of origin state of the universe is pure potential, right? And we see that across a lot of different spiritual traditions. And then there is the excited state of the universe, which forms the manifest state, the 3D world that we know and that we are. We are that beginning, that pure potential, that sort of purity, we could say, manifest. And life comes through all of us as that. Again, using this metaphor as that light shining in the darkness that cannot overcome it, overcome us. Your darkness cannot overcome you. I've always loved the idea that, the spiritual idea that we choose our families, we choose the circumstances that we're born into as a sort of lesson and part of our journey, part of our purpose here. And using this reading, whether it's looking at our lives through that lens or looking at a specific experience that we're going through right now, we don't wait until the world around us or within us is ready. We don't wait for the perfect time when we're finally felt as needed or loved from others. We come into this darkness as our pure light before it is time. The whole journey is time, right? is that becoming of time unfolding around us in our alignment and purpose. And when we can see that, we can find the joy in it because it's all here in plain sight. We need the darkness to see what the light illuminates. So these winter months, the years of our lives that have built these shadows, bless this time here together. And that blessing reaches you, whether you see it or not. It finds you. And in this interpretation from Blessing for the Longest Night by Jan Richardson, you'll know it's here because 
you'll relax your breath, your heart, your hands, your anxiety, your fears. You'll know that you're on to something in your path, in your journey. As the darkness thins a little here, and you can begin to close your eyes, to take the hand of your blessing from what surfaced in our darkness here in this conversation, and begin to walk, leaving your candle behind in the cave, walking the path that you can't see with a deep trust that any way you walk, you walk towards the dawn of light, of clarity, relief, comfort, joy, connection, authenticity, alignment, forgiveness, love, peace, gratitude. As you exit the cave, the sky, gray, between evening and morning, the sun not yet peaked into the picture, all of nature sleeps around you, you hear your footsteps crunching in the snow, and as you walk again in a freshly blanketed forest. You stop and see that the trees all around you are conscious beings just like you from the same source of the same light and you feel them as thousands of people. You feel like you've arrived to a party where everyone is ecstatic to see you in your new knowing and understanding. They embrace you they cheer for you and welcome you as you walk into their embrace.
Take a deep breath in through your nose. Feeling the cold tingle your nostrils, the fresh air rejuvenate your body and let out an audible exhale and see your breath in front of you. Before you open your eyes, take a moment to acknowledge the change, the shift that has occurred within you through our journey here into the dark underworld and back out. Maybe giving yourself a tender hug. Holding one hand to your heart. Feel your soul behind every beat. What did it show you? Placing your other hand on your belly, feeling your own inner power, breathing into that wholeness, letting out a deep exhale, opening up your eyes, and coming back to this world anew. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. I certainly enjoyed having it and sharing that experience with you. I truly hope that whether during this conversation or perhaps tonight, in the moments before you go to bed, you find a tender embrace in the darkness, in your own darkness, and you hold that space. Because it's once we sit with this darkness that we can move into this festival of lights that is this holiday season through New Year's, that we can appreciate the light in the darkness. Happy solstice, everyone.